leadership. They lead us, they lead us so wisely. Um, every time I'm a senator, their, their leadership, I'm always very grateful, very thankful for the opportunity to do so. Um, well, before I get started, I want to do something that I enjoy doing every time I have an opportunity to teach, and that is just light a candle and hopefully not burn down whatever building I'm in in doing so. Um, for years, the church has um, utilized candles, not as anything sacred in and of themselves, but as a symbol that God is in our midst. We don't have to call him down. We don't have to perform for his attention. We can just acknowledge that he is with us and his attention is on us. Amen. And so I want to light this candle this morning to just serve as a consistent reminder that that is indeed the truth. So, huh? I do. I have too much stuff up here. Um, one of my tendencies is whether I'm leading or, I don't need to give you that. There you go. Whether I'm leading or um, whatever I'm doing, teaching or leading, my tendency is to, like, rush. Anyone else out there? You're like, man, I just tend to just naturally rush everything all the time. And so one of the things I want to be intentional about today is, is not rushing. Um, so if it seems like things are taking a little bit longer maybe than they should, uh, it's because I'm intentionally trying to slow myself down so that I'm not just going to kind of rush through these moments. Because I do think there's something significant for each of us, not just for you guys, but for me, that God has in these moments that we have together. Um, before we get started, I want to read this prayer over us, and then we'll kind of jump into what we're what we're going to be talking about today. So I know we just prayed, but I think intentionally for kind of the practices we're going to be engaging in, this prayer is very helpful. So if you do want to do this, just open up your hands like this. And you don't have to close your eyes. There's nothing sacred about closing your eyes. But if that helps you from being distracted in these moments so you can receive in fullness this prayer, then you can close your eyes. And I'm going to read this over us and to us today. O oh God, gather me now to be with you, as you are with me. Soothe my tiredness, quiet my fretfulness, curb my aimlessness, relieve my compulsiveness. Let me be easy for a moment. O oh Lord, release me from the fears and guilts which grip me so tightly, from the expectations and opinions which I so tightly grip. 
that I may open and be open to receiving what you give, to risking something genuinely new, to learning something refreshingly different. Oh God, gather me to be with you as you are with me. Forgive me for claiming so much for myself that I leave no room for gratitude, for confusing exercise and self-importance with acceptance of self-worth, for complaining so much of my burdens that I become a burden, for competing against others so insidiously that I stifle celebrating them and receiving your blessing through their gifts. Oh, gather me now to be with you as you are with me. Keep me in touch with myself, with my needs, my anxieties, my angers, my pains, my corruptions, that I may claim them as my own rather than blame them on someone else. Oh, Lord, deepen my wounds into wisdom, shape my weaknesses into compassion, Gentle my envy into enjoyment, my fear into trust, my guilt into honesty, my accusing fingers into hands that heal. Oh God, gather me to be with you as you are with me. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, all God's people say, amen. Amen. I love that prayer. Um, Well, this morning, I think we've got a slide up there on the screen for you. Uh, This morning is going to be a lot more about um, practice than about preaching. Um, We're going to be talking about a spiritual discipline that we've designed called abiding prayer. And I want to talk about a few elements of that before we jump into practicing and set it up briefly. And then I want us to spend most of our time actually participating in this discipline together. Is that okay with everybody? In the room-ish? Okay, one or two of you? Great. The rest of you, you can protest. You can stand up and say, no, it's not okay. Uh, you can do that. This is a, this is a safe space. Um, so, abiding prayer. This is sort of a loose definition for abiding prayer. It's a spiritual discipline engaging listening prayer, meditation, and the scriptures for the purpose of communion with God. And I think one of the things that's helpful for us to consider as we think about Abiding prayer is perhaps what it is not. Um, Abiding prayer is not an inductive Bible study. Okay, How many of you guys know what I'm saying when I use that that phrase, inductive Bible study? Anyone out there? Okay. Um, Basically, the point of inductive Bible study is for you to gather information about the text. Right, And that information is helpful and good. An inductive Bible study is something every Christian should participate in. But that is not the point of abiding prayer. In abiding prayer, we read first with our heart more so than with our head, right? So we're leading less with our intellect and more with kind of the heart that God's placed inside of us so that we can hear the Holy Spirit speaking to us through the fresh breath that is his word, right? Enlivening his word so that he can move us into a deeper place of Christ-likeness through it. And in essence, his word serves as a doorway into a deeper place with the Lord. So it's a non-inductive practice. Non-inductive practice. And then secondly, um, there is a biblical foundation. Um, throughout the Old Testament, you have this um, admonition, meditate on God's word, meditate. I believe it's about 60 times in the Old Testament you have this admonition to meditate 
Um, the word for meditate in the Hebrew, not every time, but most of the time, particularly in Psalm 1, when the psalmist says, I meditate on God's word day and night, the Hebrew word is haga. Can we say that together? Haga. One more time. One, two, three. Haga. There we go. Hey, you learned a Hebrew word today. Yay. Um, haga in the Hebrew means uh, to growl, or it could picture like to coo. The idea is of a lion who's just killed a prey animal, and he's not eating the prey animal, but he's sort of like hovering over it, growling over it, okay? Or the, the word picture could be like a dove that's on a branch, and just the dove is cooing. The idea is this sense of sort of a contentment, right? The lion's not indulging yet, but he's just looking at the prey, and he is ex- it's a growl of like excitement. Does that make sense? And a dove on a branch is just content to be on the branch, Right? Um, and to be with the moment. So this is sort of the foundation. We're not just kind of reading the scripture to gather um, information, but we're sort of like mulling over the scripture, right, with this sense of contentment to just be with God as we are with the Holy Spirit and his word. So we see that sort of, again, very much a 30,000-foot view. We're not going into the weeds here, but as sort of a biblical foundation for this practice. Because I know, at least... This is the way it is in my culture and how I probably grew up to some degree. When I use the word meditation or contemplation, probably most or many of your minds go to like Eastern mysticism, okay, or something like that. At least that's where my mind goes. Um, But I want to make the case briefly that meditation is in every sense, first and foremost, a Christian way of being with God. We see it in the scriptures, both in the Old Testament, like a reference here, but also in the New Testament as well. So um, when I use the word meditation, I'm meaning it in a profoundly Christian way, in a profoundly biblical way. Um, and then we have historical roots. So this, is, this practice, um, abiding prayer, is loosely based on an ancient practice developed by St. Benedict of Nursia called Lectio Divina. Has anyone ever heard of Lectio Divina? One or two of you? Okay. It's Latin for basically divine reading. Um, And so this is a practice the church has actually been engaging with for nearly a millennia. This is not new. Um, We're designing it a little bit differently, but it is um, in a lot of ways based on that ancient practice called Lectio Divina. So it has historical roots in the church. And then lastly, um, but definitely not the least important thing, is... The Holy Spirit has to be the driving reality as we practice this abiding prayer today. And the Holy Spirit needs to be the driving reality, not just in one movement, but we're going to be parsing through five movements together. In every movement, we have to be dependent on the Holy Spirit to stir in our hearts what we need to release, maybe, or what we need to receive as we participate in this movement or in this practice, rather, together. It has to be centered on the power of the Holy Spirit. The spiritual disciplines are not an end. They're not an end. In fact, um, Dallas Willard, who is sort of the father of like the modern spiritual formation movement, um, his greatest fear was that the spiritual disciplines would be an end in and of themselves, and that people would begin to develop a sense of self-righteousness as they practice the disciplines. And he, quote, he said this quote, he said, the disciplines are not righteousness, they are wisdom, right? This is not for the purpose of us earning something for, from God. 
This is for the purpose of us growing into greater Christ-likeness as we open ourselves up to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. So in essence, what this discipline is doing, what abiding prayer is doing, is creating space. That's the point. Creating space for the Holy Spirit to do what we cannot do in and of ourselves. Okay? So we need to continue to remind ourselves of that. The disciplines are not an end. They are, in essence, a means for the Holy Spirit to stir in us a deeper sense of Christ-likeness. Um, and I think a deeper way of being human. Um, wow, deja vu right now. Maybe I said this last time I was here. Um, <laughs> uh, N.T. Wright um, has this awesome quote, and I'm sure he got it from someone else. But he says, Jesus was the most human being to ever live. Jesus actually shows us God's plan for humanity. So when we say we're going to become more fully human, what I mean is I want to become more fully human as Jesus was human, right? And these practices, these disciplines, I think, allow the Holy Spirit to form in us a heart that looks more like Christ so we can embody a human existence that looks more like Jesus' human existence, yeah? Um, so I wanted to open up because this is a pretty relaxed day to day. We're going to be doing more of a practice, as I've said earlier. If there's any questions sort of before we dive into um, abiding prayer, and I'm going to kind of guide us through that. But just before we dive in, are there any questions, any like concerns, thoughts? No? Everyone's good? Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, if you want to go ahead and take out your scriptures, that'd be great. And also, if you have a journal, that's going to be really important. Uh, and if you don't have a physical journal with you, you can use your, your phone. That's fine, too. And I'm going to take a drink of water as we do that. Everyone okay? Everyone, like, alive out there-ish? All right. There we go. What if someone just screamed and just enjoyed <laughs> Just, like, laughed, you know? I love to give big laughs like that. Uh, just keep everyone on their toes. And before we, um, before we dive into this practice together, participating right together, I wonder if we could just maybe take a moment and just take a few just deep breaths. Again, a continuing reminder not to rush, but to be present to these moments that we have together. Hmm. Maybe just even... Inside your heart, just continue to tell the Lord, I'm here, I'm ready, I need you, Holy Spirit. Mm. So what we're about to do, so abiding prayer is about a 30-minute total um, practice, and it involves five movements, Okay. We're going to go through these together. But the first movement is a time of slowing. The second movement is a time of surrender. The third movement, and these are all S's because um, I am I'm uh, Baptist in context, and we love alliteration. So, amen. Yes. Okay. So, slowing, movement one, surrender. Movement three is a time of silence. Movement four is scripture. And then movement five is a time of sharing. So the first four movements will be uh, solo, 
We'll be doing that on our own. But then the last movement, we're actually going to pair up in groups of four or five, and we're going to share what God is kind of stirring in us through this practice. If, if that is indeed your experience, you might be like, man, I really, I don't know what God's stirring up. You know, that's okay too, okay? There's, this is a safe space. There's not pressure in this room. So what I want us to do, and we're going to set, I'm going to set my timer here. It's about 10 minutes, this first movement of slowing. I want you to begin to move yourself from the distraction and the hurry of the current moment into an attentive awareness of your internal state. This is not 60 to zero, though, in the same way that cars go from zero to 60. It's not a 60 to zero endeavor, so be patient with yourself. Slowing is not about forcing, but about flowing. So give your mind permission to wander where it wants and begin to journal whatever emotions, feelings, thoughts, or memories you are experiencing. So in this first movement, we just sort of release ourselves to begin to write down and to notice where our mind is going when we give it a little bit of space to go. Does that make sense? So we're going to play some very kind of, um, hopefully like very uh, appropriate music for this moment. And for about 10 minutes, we're just going to begin to journal. Or you can just be, if you don't want to journal, you can just sit there and notice where your mind goes. What are your thoughts centered on? So we're going to do that together. If we can bring that music up a little bit. I'm going to set a timer here. And we're just going to spend some time with the Lord and with our thoughts and feelings. There's a few in the corner there, just to point that out.
we're going to enter into our second movement. <clears throat> we begin to slow. Um, there is a quote I think is really um, pertinent to this particular practice. There was a poet, he said, in the future, people will be faced with one significant decision. Will we live as creatures or will we live as machines? Right? AI is changing life literally daily. Um, and it will become more and more the pull to live non-reflective, mechanical lives. Um, practices like this, though, as we take time to slow down, to notice what are we thinking, reflect on our experience that's led us to this moment, are imperative if we're going to live lives that look like Jesus, right? How can the Holy Spirit move and stir in our hearts if we're unwilling to reflect on what is right now, on this moment, on where we find ourselves? That first movement of slowing, that time of reflection is so important and necessary. I'm going to this movement, the second movement, for about five minutes. Psalm 139 says this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there be any hurtful way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. In this movement, we're going to give the Holy Spirit space to illuminate our innermost being. And as he shines his corrective light of love on the shadowy places of willful and unknown sin, I encourage you to write down and then surrender those places to him for the next few moments. For the next few moments. Let's do that together. Again, I encourage you to journal that or else if you don't have a journal at your disposal, you can just begin to bring those shadowy places into prayer with the Holy Spirit. And begin to release those, name them, and then release those to him, these places we need to surrender that are keeping us from a full sense of communion with God this morning.
In Psalm 16, 8, the psalmist writes, I have set the Lord before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be moved. We believe there is power in the name of Jesus. He is the cornerstone of our existence, and in him we live and move and breathe. So I invite you now to place both feet on the floor. And again, open up your hands. And just breathe deeply in silence for a few minutes. your thoughts wonder continue to bring them back and set them on the name of Jesus Now incorporate this simple phrase into your breathing. Jesus Christ, have mercy. Inhaling on the name Jesus Christ and exhaling the phrase, have mercy. Remember, your mind will continue to wander as it already has. But now as your thoughts wander, continually orient them back upon this phrase as you breathe it in and breathe it out. So we're breathing together. Jesus Christ. And then we begin to exhale, have mercy.
bring it into scriptures. Jesus was passing by and blind Bartimaeus calls out, Lord Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus was blind and he was desperate to see. So we breathe that prayer, acknowledging our desperate need of God to open up our eyes and our heart to see the thing that he has for us to see today. And as we read this scripture, Holy Spirit, I continue to pray that you would reveal yourself to us as we center our hearts and our minds on this passage. During this next movement, we'll be reading the scripture four times. And we'll be pausing for a few minutes after each reading. And on the first reading, we're going to simply receive the scripture as the gift that it is. Not analyzing or trying to apply it yet. Just being present to it. (laughs) Just being present to it. So if you want to open up your scriptures with me. Matthew 10. Matthew 10, 29 through 31. So we're going to read it through one time and then pause after and just simply receive it as a gift. Let it settle on our hearts and our minds. These are the words of Jesus. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one will fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. And now we receive that scripture as a gift for a moment or two. And now as we read the scripture passage again, we ask Holy Spirit that you draw us to a particular word or phrase that we need to set our minds and our hearts on. And I invite you as the Holy Spirit does draw you to a word or phrase to write it down and allow it to hold your attention for a moment. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. For you are of more value than many sparrows. Holy Spirit draws to a word or phrase. That needs to hold our attention for a moment.
Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. For you are of more value than many sparrows. Begin to ask the Holy Spirit why he's drawn you to this particular word or phrase. And as he brings light to that why, just begin to journal or write your experience of that word or phrase. What you believe the Holy Spirit stirring you through that word or phrase, drawing your attention to. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. We take a moment or two and rest in this truth now. Of what God says about us. These are the words of Jesus himself to you this morning. To me this morning. 
Now just rest as a son or daughter of God in the truth. Now in this final movement, we invite each other into the conversation. We share the thing that God is stirring in us, what he's saying to us, we believe, with one another. And then as, as we share with each other, those others in the group have space to encourage. We ask the group, we as the group have the opportunity to come into agreement with what the Holy Spirit has been speaking over us individually. So, I don't know exactly how we'll do this, and you don't have to share anything, okay? This is a safe place. You're not obligated to share, but I would love for us to break up into groups of about five people or so, and for about three to five minutes, just kind of briefly share the word you were drawn to and maybe why you you feel like you were drawn to that word or phrase. Does that make somewhat, a little bit of sense there? Um, so if you want to kind of, you can, if you came as a family, you can just do this as a family. Um, but let's like break up just for a moment. You can stay at your rows there, but just begin to share with each other what the Holy Spirit's saying through his word. Can we do that for a moment? Give us some time to celebrate the voice of God. So we can be, we can talk, you know, just FYI.
All right, guys, uh, we're going to close this time, and then Jack's going to share a few announcements briefly. But I'd love for us if, if we would feel comfortable to just close. And um, the disciples asked Jesus, how do, how do I pray? How do we pray? And Jesus' response is the Lord's Prayer in the church for millennia has been praying that prayer together as we gather together as the church, right? There's a significance to it. So I wonder if we could just pray that prayer together to close our time. Would that be okay? Yeah? So let's do that. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.